college football had a nice curtain call for the end of 2022. Alabama didn't let Berman Street derail them. It's David and Goliath in the championship game. Jim Harbaugh is in contact with the Broncos. The Panthers and Saints almost made the playoffs. A lot can change in a few days, so join us on Craziness for this new episode of Jake's Take. Let's go! Let's go! Don't wait! This night's almost over! Honest! Let's make this night last forever! What is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Stillman, at Jake's Take Podcast, at Jake's Still 14. Joining me, as always, on this fabulous time of the recording Monday, which will be going live on Tuesday, is my co-host, Christy. Hi. And as always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network. Happy New Year's. It's the first new episode of the new year. So obviously, we've talked about 2023 and how this is going to be a great year. But the past few days, it's actually with college football, has definitely paved the way for quite the entrance of 2023. It has. It was almost exhausting. It was so exciting. I had texted you during the Michigan-TCU game, and I said, this game is on crack. It, yeah, I was just trying to make some crab legs, you know, for New Year's Eve, and I couldn't. Like, they were going to get burnt because I had to keep watching the game. The best way to put it is that these games did not disappoint, but there was also a game that was on today that many people are going to be talking about now, and that was the Tulane USC game. Uh, yeah, it was insane. I saw a lot of people saying bring Tulane back to the SEC. I think that I might be a stretch, but were you? <laughs> I, I, I was. Um, growing up two hours from New Orleans and – Having my brother go to Tulane, he was obviously very excited. We as a family were super excited. But I was one of those people who was saying, bring back Tulane to the SEC. I hate to say it, but, you know, Tulane over Texas and Oklahoma. Um, Okay, maybe Oklahoma. I think Texas has made their claim. The reason why this game was so big was because Tulane did not lead whatsoever in this game. And in the last four minutes, they scored 16 points. Yeah, it it was absolutely nuts. I feel like right now, obviously, the city of New Orleans is probably just having a thrill because, you know, the Saints won yesterday and then Tulane wins today and then the Pelicans are playing at the time of this recording tonight. So I'm thinking that they're probably hoping for maybe 3-0, but with this, you know, we'll talk about the Saints more later. But still, this was just a terrific past few games. I mean, you had Alabama in the morning, but then what was very surprising was how everyone seemed to just write off TCU right away. And I would say I was one of those people. I mean, I obviously wanted TCU to win. I don't know what I have against Michigan. Besides, I do have some family in Michigan. So like a little bit of rivalry, but I just was not expecting TCU to win. I don't think really anyone was because the thing about TCU is that they were picked to finish seventh in their conference. And then they ended up here. I was talking to someone actually on Saturday and they said, when was the last time TCU was good? And I said, when Andy Dalton went there. But yeah, that's the best way of putting it. 
yeah I mean there's no other way to put it and if they play like they played against Michigan they have a chance of winning they started off strong with an interception return for a touchdown (laughs) but then they had another one later on and while Michigan wasn't trying to go down easily it was also that Michigan could not defend whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I also think if you just look at all the bold games from this weekend, especially Saturday, besides Alabama, I think TCU is the only team that looks strong for all four quarters, where Georgia didn't, no, Michigan didn't, Ohio State didn't. No, I mean, I definitely have to agree. And I mean, even Alabama looked like a completely mm-hmm. different team after the first quarter and more on them later. But right now, I mean, you said it, you know, Georgia, Ohio State, was anyone really surprised that Ohio State was firing on all cylinders, it seemed? I think this was, it was supposed to be their answer to win or losing against Michigan, I think. And they were close, and I really think the better team was Ohio State. I think Stetson just decided to wake up in the last quarter, actually like the last five minutes of the game. But I think Ohio was the better team in that game. I feel like with this game, you know, you have one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. CJ Stroud should have won the Mm -hmm. Heisman. And I feel like I know people are going to say, well, you know, Caleb Williams had a terrific game against Tulane. It's Tulane. You know, I love yeah. that school, and I am such a big fan of the Tulane Green Wave. But this is also a team that was a big Cinderella story. And now you're trying to make it seem like Caleb Williams does not deserve the highest. He didn't. CJ Stroud deserved it all the way. And yeah, I mean, agree. he was the better quarterback in that game and it was also very interesting because the narrative came back of what if Marvin Harrison Jr. didn't get hurt and every Alabama fan looks up and says wait a minute (laughs) I know this story yeah I saw so many TikToks like wait a second is this like some kind of curse or something like we saw the someone had said that there's just got to be some form of voodoo because every time in the past well, I don't want to say every time, but the past few times Georgia has been in a bowl game or been in the playoffs, the team's number one receiver gets hurt. Yeah, and it's not like anything sinister from the from Georgia's happening. Like they're not going after these players on purpose or anything. Nothing dirty. It just unfortunately the stars go out. You no, know, the stars do not align there. But with this performance performance it makes me wonder is Georgia really ready to be the next back-to-back champion and you know more on them later because they did not look the part whatsoever for the uh, maybe two two and a half quarters no and I mean like I said Ohio State the second half belonged to them it was just that's in there through that pass with 45 seconds left and obviously Ruggles with Ohio State missed that kick by a lot. As someone who remembers uh, the second and 26 game where Papanastos missed his 
game-winning field goal and he's owned up to it it it, it doesn't get any easier than that. So I, I feel for Ruggles on that. But in regards to Michigan, I just feel like their luck ran out. I think I saw a TikTok that they had used all their power and momentum on trying to beat Ohio State that they didn't account for the next opponent. No, yeah, that's exactly what happened. And it's almost like that was their whole goal, their whole mission this year, and they completed it, and that was all they had left. I definitely have to agree with that. Moving on to our next point, Alabama won the Sugar Bowl, started off slow but got it figured out. Where was this offense the rest of the year? Um, I don't know, but can we have a redo? I don't know if Bill O'Brien was just doing this for a coach coaching resume boost or what but you know with this the receivers are catching the ball and they have running lanes and we ran the ball and the tight end was involved and it looked like the team that we all expected where was this team against Tennessee I don't know because watching it with Bryce and his five touchdown passes to five different people all I could think of was our 2020 team. It made me think of that, too. I mean, this was a team where we did not have a clear-cut number one receiver until the very end. And, yes, there were instances where Jermaine Burton struggled, but he looked good in this game. Ja'Cory looked good. The future is bright, you know, with those two coming back and having – Isaiah Bond, Kobe Prentice, Kendrick Law, all there. And Kendrick Law didn't even catch a touchdown. He was the only freshman who didn't catch a pass for a touchdown. I mean, he didn't need to. (laughs) He didn't. So I think with this, it shows the excitement for next season. But (laughs) I feel like this was much needed weeks ago. It was. And I think that's why they played like this. They knew they had a point to prove, and they definitely proved it. I have to agree with that, but it definitely is a little frustrated. But this was a terrific performance from Bryce. Um, I really hope you did not cry because I know you had told me that you were probably going to cry. I didn't. Um, I did the, you know, when the last time he played in Tuscaloosa, that definitely made me cry. I didn't this time, but I don't think he put on such a big show saying goodbye this time. No, but I saw when, you know, they took him out and he hugged Jalen. It was just like when Mac came out and hugged Bryce a few years ago. And, and it, it it doesn't feel real because, you know, we just saw Mac a few years ago, but now it is. But, I mean, he had a terrific performance. It was the curtain call for him. He's going to be a top pick. But, I mean, this was a terrific game for him. But you could also tell that this team loves him, and he also loves Alabama. Oh, yeah. I think he's. we're going to see him, obviously, on the sidelines, coming back to visit and watch games. And I'm sure we'll see him smoking the cigars when we win the championship next year. <laughs> Absolutely. And then kind of moving on to a bit of – but subtopic, obviously today Alabama did have players who announced that they were entering the NFL draft. And right now it is that there are four players who have announced 
Bryce, Will, Jameer, and Brian Branch. Will and Bryce were not really a surprise. After how Brian had played, it wasn't really a surprise that he was going to enter. But Gibbs was definitely like a 50-50 for me. Yeah, I can see that. I I think I would agree with that more if he was a junior, but he's a senior. So I guess that part of it made me go more towards him declaring for the draft. Well, he did prove a lot in his only year at Alabama. I mean, we've been pretty lucky with transfers from out into Alabama recently. I mean, you know, we got JMO and he was okay. terrific for us. And then we started figuring out with Jermaine Burton. We've got it blessed with Jermaine Gibbs, Henry Toto. So I think with it, you know, he's doing what he needs to do. But right now, I mean, it wasn't as big of a blow as I'm expecting. Now, we don't know the status of Eli Ricks. We don't know the status of Jason McClellan. So it could be that we have a few other players declare. But also right now, no Alabama fan was expecting Bryce to come back for his senior year. No, that would have been a much bigger shock than him not coming back. Unrelated, but I don't know why the security would not let Bryce and Will's dad onto the field at the end of the game. Um, I, I mean, yeah. Just, yeah, but justice for our friends, Craig and Will Sr. for that. I mean, <laughs> you can't just say, hey, you can't come in. Those are two of not only the best players who have played for Alabama, but two of the best leaders we've ever had, too. Yeah, I guess. I don't know if you can talk it up to being an NFL stadium. They have different rules and protocols, I guess. I don't I don't know. It, it could have been. I mean, they eventually got it figured out. Yeah. I think with it, too, one, I loved how, you know, Will's family and Bryce's parents were standing next to mm-hmm. each other. And obviously, you can tell how much those two families love one another. And you could also see how proud both parents were i mean i feel like they were showing craig and julie a lot and they were just so excited and i mean these are also two players who graduated and that means a lot too yeah that i think sometimes that means more than playing the football i definitely have to agree there moving on to our next topic which you have been talking a lot about and people are kind of starting to take notice of and i want to say that i was the first to call it so i wasn't on the bandwagon but it's never too late to join christy's bandwagon jim harbaugh (laughs) to the broncos i'm telling you i think i'm like five for five now on these predictions so with this there's a lot of what ifs the first one i want to talk about is what if it works and i think it could so Harbaugh has a $3 million buyout, which actually decreases like each year of his contract. So, which is, I'm not sure why you would sign that contract. I think that's kind of odd, unless you know you are intent on taking an NFL head coach position. So, we've seen this before. If many people might not remember this because it's been a while, but Jim Harbaugh was at Stanford. Mm-hmm. in the late 2000s and ultimately went from Stanford to the San Francisco 49ers. And he had rebuilt Stanford with Andrew Luck and seeing how successful they were. 
and then proved to make it a powerhouse. Now it could be a similar situation. It could, and there's actually still a Stanford connection with that. So the Broncos CEO and his wife both attended Stanford as graduate students and obviously a Harbaugh coach there. And obviously John Elway, who is still mm-hmm. very highly involved with the Denver Broncos, went to Stanford. So mm-hmm. it could be possible here. But here's the thing that I want to discuss, and you've kind of seen this too. Do you think he was reaching out to this while Michigan was preparing for their bowl game? So if you asked me before the bowl game, I probably would have said no. But the way they played and their loss, maybe his mind was elsewhere. That's what I was thinking, because this leads us to another question of, could this have been a reason why Michigan may have lost? Right. Because it would be a lot harder for him to leave with a win, even and especially if they won the championship. So I have to agree there too. So yeah. with this, you know, there's a lot of what ifs, but let's keep an eye on mm-hmm. seeing if it happens. But I, I mean, you heard it here, you know, we think it could happen. And I mean, we wouldn't really be surprised. He's been in the NFL before, you know, he rebuilt Stanford. Then he rebuilt mm-hmm. San Francisco 49ers, took them to the Super Bowl. Denver's a pretty similar situation. You know, you have the talent, you have the yep. pieces, you just need the discipline. Yeah, it's another, and they haven't been to the playoffs since I think it's 2015. I think so. I think right now, you know, they just had a whirlwind of quarterbacks. You know, you're going with um, Trevor Simeon was there, Brock Osweiler, Mm -hmm. you know, Russell Wilson, obviously, Jeff Driscoll. It it just goes on and on. I mean, I think right now the Denver Broncos just need to figure out their identity. Like our small market teams sometimes. (laughs) Well, there were some wins. Definitely. So speaking of that, we will go into our NFC South Mm -hmm. recap. Now, the good news is is that most of our teams came with a win. The bad news is I got my hopes and dreams crushed by the Minnesota Vikings. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) So if you didn't follow, the New Orleans Saints did win against the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm -hmm. Now, that's exciting. You know, you beat the number one team in the NFC. They didn't have Jalen Hurts, but it's still exciting. And they had a slim chance of making the playoffs. <laughs> and it all came down to the Minnesota Vikings. And Kirk Cousins did what <laughs> Kirk Cousins does and flop in major moments. Yeah. And, you know, we've seen this from him before with other teams he's been at. So I can't say I was entirely surprised. I think more people were upset because this is the team that obviously beat the Saints in London Mm -hmm. after Will Lutz, you know, missed that kick. And they were the team that held us in, I guess, held the destiny in their hands. And now, of course, it's looking like, all right, well, maybe not. So, I mean, with it, it is hard, but... I also think that 
moving forward, they will be fine. Atlanta pulled off a win, too. They did, and it was Desmond Ritter's first win as a starter, so shout out to him. <laughs> Definitely. Now, he is still looking for his first touchdown pass, but, I mean, yeah. I feel like right now, you know, if you're running the ball and just game managing it, it's okay. There's only one game left. It's not like he's going to the playoffs. It's right. not like he has to do anything else. You know, in the offseason, they can build around him if they want. Mm-hmm. They can kind of figure out what they want to do. But right now, you know, those teams are having a better offensive showing. And same with the Panthers. Now, the Panthers did lose, but I mean, Sam Darnold went toe to toe with Tom Brady. Yeah, I don't think it was an offense problem at all for the Panthers. I think it was all defense, especially with Mike Evans with the Bucks with his touchdowns, the yeah, same I, exact touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, you know, shout out to Mike Evans for yeah. performing, but most of the people who have you on your fantasy team <laughs> needed that a week ago. Right. Um, so, you know, where's this version of Mike Evans a few weeks ago? But I think with this, you know, there is a lot of hope for our teams in the South. Um, Now, I don't know about the Titans. That's kind of Mm -hmm. our question mark. But with the Saints, the Panthers, and the Falcons, they could be a lot better going into the offseason. I agree. And I think even if, you know, they finish with winning seasons, I think they're all still going to get some pretty high first-round draft picks, which will really help them. Well, not the Saints because they're dumb and oh, they yeah. traded the first round pick to the Eagles. <laughs> but on true. the bright side, because they beat the Eagles on Sunday, that lowers the draft pick. Yeah. So, in a sense, we're kind of not helping the Eagles. So, yeah. I, I don't know. It's a stretch. <laughs> but I think with this right now, there's definitely a lot to look forward to with these teams. Now, Sadly, you know, our dream of one of them making the playoffs might not come true, but we got some exposure from them and people are tuning in. So that's what matters. That's true. And you know what? During I don't remember which game I was watching, but during one of them, they said something about one of your southern basketball teams, too. I think it was the Pelicans. And I was like, hey, I know them. (laughs) Yes, we love the Pelicans, and we love our small market basketball teams, (laughs) and we'll talk about them more in another episode. And finally, to close it all out, the championship is set. It's the basically the David and Goliath story, Mm -hmm. Georgia versus TCU. And I think... Like I said, I think TCU can do it. They were the stronger team out of the four playoff teams. Now, with this, TCU, like we said, has come out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. You know, no one really expected them to be here. They're capable of pulling up the upset. I think so, too. And I think, so TCU has to be able to handle the pressure And if Georgia wants to win, they have to act like they were there before, which they were. There's the thing where I think many people see how Georgia has the advantage. When Stetson Bennett is called upon, he can deliver. Stetson Bennett in his AARP age or (laughs) however old he is, I've seen it all. I feel like, I mean... You've probably heard all the jokes about Hunter Renfro had been in college mm-hmm. for so long. Now he moved on to Stetson Bennett. 
if there's anyone who can lead that team, it's him. But it also comes down to the fact that this is his show now. And it's not, you know, you're going to run the ball. You're going to just dump it off. He's doing everything. And this is a new thing for Kirby's team because Jake Fromm didn't do that. Mm -hmm. Jacob Eason didn't do that. JT Daniels didn't do that. Yeah. And I feel like for Georgia, if they want to win, this is going to be not so much a physical game, but a mental game. Because think about how Georgia beat Alabama Mm -hmm. last year. They were neck and neck for the first little bit. And Mm -hmm. then I don't want to, I don't really know if it was Stetson exploding or the Alabama defense falling apart. Yeah. I'm going to say it was Alabama. It was really with (laughs) this. I think it was, it was Alabama shooting themselves in the foot. Yes. But with this, Stetson now has the opportunity to go out and show that he is not a fluke and that he can be a good story. Now, I swear, I feel like we're going to hear his story all the time. And it's, yeah. But yeah. more on that later. <laughs> um, now, the last team to repeat as national champions was the Alabama Crimson Tide 2011-2012. Right. Shout out to those teams. And Obviously, they won the same way that Georgia is winning now. Strong defense, game manager, quarterback, Mm -hmm. and it's getting kind of scary how similar it's looking. I feel like the only thing Kirby hasn't adopted yet is the haircut. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, it's scary. I don't want, obviously, don't want them to be the new dynasty. But I mean, when you have a former Nick Saban assistant, that's kind of what happens. I don't know if we can consider them a dynasty yet. One, everyone is still very much under the impression that Alabama's dynasty is over. Number one, it's not. Number two, be quiet. (laughs) Yeah, very false. So I think with this right now, this Georgia team is good, but they have so many question marks. You know, Mm -hmm. you have a one-point win over Ohio State. Right. Ohio State's a good person. But this Georgia team has also struggled in so many games because they struggled against Missouri. And then they were also struggling. I don't think they struggled against Florida, but struggling in Missouri, that game definitely did not really help them. And I think with them, they just need to figure out what they can do differently so they can be, I guess, prepared because right now, if they just coast, it's not going to really help them whatsoever. No, they can't. And I don't think they've played a team like TCU yet. So they're going to have to watch a lot of film. They're going to have to, I don't know, prepare for the unknown, which I'm not really sure how you do that. Well, the thing with this Georgia team is that they played Tennessee, but that was so long ago. And they just, dominated that whole game they might have to play very similar Mm -hmm. but then you you know they had that struggle against Kentucky they had the struggle against Missouri they struggled against Kent State for a little bit so I think with this team you know we'll just kind of have to see but it was a terrific week for our football games and bowl mania and we are all excited about that right now we do want to close it off with mississippi state's win i know that's a bit of a surprise 
But, you know, they came out and they had a win for Mike Leach. And that Mm -hmm. that's just terrific. I think that whole thing was amazing to hear. It was. And not only to see Mississippi State and all the things they did to honor Mike Leach, but just all the teams over all of these past bowl games. I think it spoke a lot to how far his reach went. You want to know what's also crazy, and I just now realized it? The person with the game-winning touchdown is a former Alabama player. Oh, I love that. So, but I think with this, you know, they – it ended in a wacky way, Mm -hmm. which is the best way to describe Mike (laughs) Leach's lifestyle. I mean, from pulling a kicker from the stands, from basically telling a – player hey you're gonna be a great coach but not a great player and that player was Lincoln Riley or Gardner Minshew just sticking a mustache on him during (laughs) a post game uh interview all of that is Mike Leach and this ending is the perfect I guess execution description picture perfect ending of a Mike Leach team yeah, it is. He will be remembered for a long time to come. And he will be very much missed. But that is going to do on this Tuesday episode and this new episode of the new year on Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for all the love and support. You can find this episode on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. We're basically on all forms of podcasts. And... As always, thank you so much for all the love and support. This show is sponsored by Variety Sports Network. Check them out. As, as always, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, at Jake's Take Podcast, or my personal Instagram, so 14 You can find Christy on Instagram and TikTok at Christy Marie underscore double zero. We will be back on Friday recapping some other things, such as our small market teams in the South in regards to football and basketball, who might be going into the NFL draft. And if it's going to work, we'll be breaking down some of our NFL draft takes. Be sure to keep looking at Christy Predict the Future for all potential (laughs) coaching movements. And as always, as always, Happy New Year. Continue to be great. Create smiles for everyone around you. Be the best version of you you can be. Continue to be a light in this world. And as always, as always, we will see and hear from y'all later. Take care. Bye. Find someone who loves you.